I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. I get lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of messages from parents all around bedtime and all kinds of areas of this now about how to establish a bedtime routine, what to do if your child won't stay in bed or won't get into bed or won't fall asleep or wakes up or gets into your bed instead of their bed. All kinds of things about bedtime come up. And, you know, I, I'm kind of focusing on one message that that has come in to me recently, but actually many messages have come in about bedtime. So recently a parent sent, sent me a message about... Um, just about her children coming into her bed instead of theirs and wondering, how do I stop this happening? How do I get them out of my bed and get them into their own and moreover, getting them to stay into their own beds? But because other messages have come in asking about bedtime, today what I'm going to do is focus on bedtime in general, okay? I'm going to kind of address how to keep them out of your bed if that's something for you, but I'm also going to talk about how to make bedtime a more soothing relaxing less tense experience in your home if that's relevant for you so let's think about today's episode as children who go bump in the night rather than noises that go bump in the night so firstly I'm going to just you know put my cards on the table here I am very reluctant to pathologize young children who don't sleep through the night Uh, sleep is a classic example in parenting of a parental want clashing with a child's need and what I mean by that is we want them to stay in their beds and stay asleep they might need to wake up a couple of times check are we still there wander out of their bed and into ours seeking comfort seeking solace and seeking to co-regulate with us during the night so it's about a parental want clashing with a child's need and I think this is a classic one of sleep and look in extreme situations and extremely complex sleep patterns or disrupted sleep patterns you could seek consultation with a sleep consultant you know there there are many out there and there are lots of books you know I, I think Lucy Wolf's uh, sleep solution book is is one really good example of a book that can offer you a calm soothing reassuring routine or system around bedtime but if it's something that's more at the mild to moderate level try to stay curious about it okay so start from a place of okay why is this an issue and why is this an issue now explore the context around the disrupted sleep if you have a child who was previously sleeping okay or even very well and they're suddenly not don't just start with oh my goodness they're not sleeping start with what has changed around my child that might be contributing to this shift in their overt behavior. Children who don't yet have the emotional fluency or the emotional language to sit and tell us, you know, I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed. I'm feeling out of sorts about this. I'm a bit confused. I don't know how to make sense of this life experience. They tell us instead with their behavior. And young children in particular play out these kinds of struggles with sleep, eating, and toileting. They tend to be the big arenas for behavioral disruption that actually is underpinned by an emotional wobble. 
in their life. So and think when I say think about changes or challenges in their life, I really do mean that you should think about those from the perspective of a young child, because what is a big change in a young child's life might seem really minor to us adults. So shift from your thinking of from an adult perspective and enter the perspective of your young child. What might be going on? Has there been a change to their care caregivers in you know, in crash or preschool or have, have they gotten a new teacher or has their best little pal in school suddenly moved away or, you know, has there been a new baby? Has someone been sick? Is there anything going on in the family that might explain this? And even, you know, have they been sick or unwell themselves? Are they brewing something? Because a physical dysregulation can also underpin an overt behavioral disruption. So check in about this and then check in, you know, what bothers you and be really honest about this, because I hear a lot that parents say, you know, my child is doing this and I'm worried about it. And when I say, OK, talk to me about the worry, what is it you're specifically worried about? Often, not always, but often it comes down to, well, I don't know, aren't they supposed to be in their own bed? Because there's so much information out there telling us what children should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And at this age, they should be able to do X, Y, Z. That is not how childhood works. That's not how our children work. There isn't a prescriptive, you know, spectrum that they follow and you say at two, they're doing this and at three, they're doing that. Certainly there are some overarching general developmental guidelines, but that's what they are. They're general. And just because your child isn't doing it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. So check in with yourself. Am I really bothered that my small child is getting into my bed at night? Or actually, I don't mind it. It's okay. And it's a, it's a way that I can ensure we all get enough sleep is just lifting that duvet and letting them in. That way, everyone in the house gets sleep and everybody's rested the next day and it's really not bothering me. Do you know what? If it's not bothering you and it's not bothering them, then it isn't a problem. And you don't have to compare yourself to what is working in somebody else's family or not working in somebody else's family. Stay attuned to what's working in yours. And that's going to really stand to you at this. I think as well, you want to reflect though on sleep structure in your home, okay? And what I mean by this is how is bedtime going? Is that a calm phase of your family's day or is that a kind of frenetic, disrupted, upheaved type of day when there's lots of shouting and snapping at each other and come on and just listen and stop it because then maybe your little person is going to bed carrying some degree of residual tension that's bubbling up in them and disrupting their sleep and making it hard to settle because if we've got that little uh-oh feeling in us going to sleep, it's very hard to relax and let go at the level that we need to. So what I mean by sleep routine as well is going to be different in every family. Like in your house, maybe you do bath time at night before bed and in another home, maybe you do it first thing in the morning. But whatever you do, try to minimize the screen time for young children and ourselves, if we're honest about it. But for young children, 30 to 60 minutes before bed, ideally an hour, but definitely half an hour that there are no screens because it's too stimulating and too cognitively activating, keeps me up in my head, keeps me thinking and is stopping me from winding down. So make sure you're doing your playtime. Um, a really good way to release residual tension, I've mentioned it before, I will continue to mention it because it's free, quick and simple, is a good old authentic belly laugh. 
And I don't mean tickles, nothing wrong with parents and children tickling each other, but that's a stimulus. I mean just having fun and having that laugh to release residual tension in the body. Then you go up and you have your bath, a little bit of lavender maybe in that and lots of bubbles and you can do bubble hairdos and bubble beards and scrape bubbles hand to hand. Then as you lift them out, have warmed up a fluffy towel. So that's a lovely sensory nurturing experience. Hold them tight to you. You're giving them that deep pressure proprioceptive input that sends a message from the skin to the brain. I got you. You're safe. Rock them. Tell them, oh, when you were a baby, I used to sing Twinkle Twinkle. Let me sing it to you now. And maybe you use powder and you can make it snow on them or even lotion. Put how many, how old they are four drops of lotion and rub it in and they're getting that lovely massage with you that's lots and lots of nurture then they get their jammies on they get into bed and you do the book always always do the storybook at night because it's a great way to come down and use a soothing tone and children's books tend to have rhythm so it's very co-regulating and then you might say okay the bath is done the book is done, it's bedtime, but they're not quite there yet. So you do your top to toe good night. You kiss their hair, good night hair, kiss their forehead, good night forehead, and so on. Nose, chin, you know, neck, t- soft tummy, strong legs, bendy knees, right the way down to their little toes. And you do kisses all the way down, and you're doing a nice, gentle countdown as they go to sleep. Or you might find taking a cotton ball and doing a nice cotton ball face massage using enough pressure that they feel it. So not not light and fluffy because with a cotton ball that's quite tickly, but not digging in deep either. That middle type of pressure. Practice on yourself and you'll know what feels good. And just silently go all around their face, over their forehead, around their cheeks, under their chin, down their nose. Do a couple of laps while their eyes are closed. And it's all about a very soothing wind down. That can be really, really helpful. You know, share your expectations uh, with them about what is it you do want from them. You know, instead of telling our kids what not to do, we, we really will benefit and they will benefit if we shift our focus to what we want from them. So say, hey, in our family, everybody starts the night in their own beds. So everybody has to get into their own beds and we're going to try really hard to stay in our beds because you want to make sleep time, make staying in their own beds appealing. You know, you can do that with practical things like a night a duvet of their favorite character and you know you could even develop a magic you know I, I I try to avoid even calling it a sleep spray in this instance but calling it the magic dream spray and that just means taking one of those squirty bottles you can buy in the chemist you know for going on your holidays that you put your product into and putting some water and a couple of drops of lavender but making up a very official looking label and they know this is and you have to be supremely confident guys how you present this but this is the magic dream spray when I spray this around it means you go to sleep and you stay asleep so you can catch a beautiful dream to have in your sleep so you make it about we need to sleep tonight because guess what we have to do tomorrow you've got to go to school and we're going to play with our friends and we're going to learn new things so that you actually say that, you know, we got to go to sleep and stay asleep because we have exciting plans for tomorrow. So that's what I mean when I say make it appealing to them. We all know, look, our children ideally, especially young children, need 12, even 14 hours sleep a night. And, you know, we also know that from a young child's developmental perspective, that being able to master 
sleeping in their own bed also helps them to master tensions, you know, because if they can say, oh, I really want to get out of bed, but I'm able to control that impulse and stay in my own bed, then it's a great experience for them at mastering tension rousing experiences and being able to stay in their own bed and not come into you and not keep coming into you. It supports their independence, but you can't force this. So I totally get there are benefits for them for staying in their own bed and not just, you know, also benefits for you getting a better night's sleep and some time to yourself before your bedtime once they do go to sleep. But the best way to achieve this is not by forcing it, but with gentle yet firm boundaries and really engaging, playful encouragement. So when I'm having difficulty sleeping, I'm saying when, not if, because I do think at various stages all children have some wobbles with this, stay beside me. You know, start this out by saying, okay, we're having a wobble. I see that and I'm going to soothe you with my physical and emotional presence. Stay beside me. You don't have to get in with me. You don't have to talk to me. In fact, I would say don't, but just stay beside me. And then gradually over the coming days, stay close by, not quite beside me, but moving a bit away each night until you're out that door and be sensitive to their emotions or how their day has been. Because if I'm having difficulty going to sleep, always remember I'm not trying to be difficult for you. I'm not trying to upset your evening. I'm not trying to stress you out. I'm trying to tell you that I'm having a difficulty separating from you. I'm having an upset and a wobble in my day. I'm communicating with you. Things aren't feeling great. And it's my way of saying today I need help. So if we can say, all right, let's think about today. What was the best bit of your day? What bit would you like to change? And then default to your relaxing routine and say, I can see we're having a wobble. Tonight, I'm going to stay beside. Tomorrow, I'll stay close by. And in a couple of days, we'll be back on track and I'll be out the door. Stay out of blame. Don't blame them. Don't blame yourself. You are not failing with this. This is an ongoing negotiation. It's a really common part of childhood. You know, generally speaking, we don't pathologize it. But if you're listening and saying, I have all of that to the power of 10 and we're having disrupted sleep at a very different level, then certainly you may benefit from reaching out to somebody who specializes in this area who can help you. But most of us can parent our way through it with just time, patience and creative perseverance. I really hope that's helpful. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.